This is Blockbuster Film School. This is Blockbuster Film School. Welcome, everyone. Welcome. Bonjour. Hello. My name is Alex Bonner. I am joined by my fabulous co-host. What's your name? My name is Nicholas Souter, PhD, MD, DDS. Hells yeah. You are a fabulous dentist. I once worked at Blockbuster. So did Nick, didn't you? That's where I uh, got my dentist degree. (laughs) Also, your Mr. Manager name tag. Yes. Mr. Manager. I went to film school. Nick sort of went to film school. I went for one semester and then mostly just smoked weed with you outside of Columbia. I did go to a different school, though. It was just for something else. That's true. That's true. But it did not come in handy at all. But we did learn about film, and we are here to talk to you because guess what? It's your favorite film school, the film school that is priced right at zero doll hairs. That is the Blockbuster Film School, and we are your professors. I still took a student loan out for this podcast. Oh, absolutely. I... For some reason, I owe FASA $500,000. I don't know. Yeah. And Betsy Davos came to my house and she was like, eh, you owe me. I was like, God damn. And then she did. did she hate fuck you too? She, oh, shoot. I hate fuck the shit out of her. Nice. Jesus. I mean, I mean, she has glasses. Anyways, <laughs> um, what are we talking about this week, Dr. Uh, Nick? Politi- apparently political events. Um, uh, we yeah. are... Oh, we're not going to yell into the mic like that. We yell are, into the mic. Do what you have to. Yahar. We yeah. are talking about sequels that are as good or better than the original. Fuck film. yeah. Air horn. I don't Can know I fire a gun in this basement? <laughs> Absolutely. We are in a very fancy recording studio. Yes, we are. In Chicago, Illinois, and not in a basement in Niles, Illinois. At all. No. And you can't tell because of our fancy producer. That's right. And I'm wearing. asked me to not drag him into the episodes anymore. (laughs) And I am wearing a old timey captain's hat and nothing else. As per. (laughs) As is usual. We're going to do our kind of usual gambit, I think, where we have our favorites and our least favorites and probably underrated. But I figure we just kind of go over sort of the ground rules of what a sequel is. I'm going to go with just straight up sequels, like no prequels. Because no that—that's a whole thing. That's a whole episode where you don't even have to be here for that. I'll just yeah. yell about George Lucas for two hours. I think I could do it for two hours without breathing or me and stopping. T- me and Taps will go to the movies. He'll set up the mics <laughs> with enough memory, and we come back. I just go, yeah, Attack of the Clones was pretty bad too, but <laughs> I just like have my shirt off and I'm just like punching the wall. And I imagine you in like full Rambo mode <laughs> with a murder boner. That's me, circle like 2008. I've become much more transcendent, sarcastic, here. and dead inside. Where I just I was want to give you way more credit than want that. To crush you like a bug. There we go. Um, but because, for instance, Empire Strikes Back. Everyone would bring that up as the... Top of my list. I mean, it is. All right, all right. I didn't mean to, like, I mean, no, to no, shoot no, the mean, load, but... No, 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 but also my list isn't in order. I'm just saying mm. that's the first one that came to mind. Absolutely. So let me ask you this. Ooh. What does a sequel need to do mm. to be better than the original? I would say, obviously, the eye test, where you're just, like, clearly has better production value has better acting, better writing, just in general is a better film where people took more time to make it. The one that kind of comes into my mind where, for instance, is The Road Warrior, where George Miller just straight up didn't have any money to make the original Mad Max. He did as best as he could. He was trying. But 
it does come across as like an Australian home movie at times. Yeah, it really does. Especially when Mel Gibson just keeps calling his ex-girlfriend super drunk and leaving phone messages into the future like, don't make me come over there because I will. You know, things like that. Yeah. And I would say upping the ante, especially if the first movie was really cool. You take what was really cool about the first movie and then accentuate it and make it into this much larger. Up the stakes. Absolutely. And also kind of create a world. That's a mine. Like, you mm. have to expand the universe. Yes. Even if it's just like a sequel to a comedy. Mm. Character development's a big deal. Like, I feel like um, these are all the words I was told not to use. Damn. I feel like people don't Penis. do anything. <laughs> Those are balls. We're, we're supposed to say this. Yeah. Yeah. Dick. Continue. Um, Super producer Brian Tapps yelling at us. Tapps in the mechanics. Yes, coming at yes. all angles. Um, <laughs> I feel like actors and like the writers sometimes for sequels just, oh, he'll just do this or she'll just do this. And it mm. doesn't matter because they don't care about the character and what's happening and advancing them as a person. I agree. And with that, I would also say that a truly great sequel has to have at least a couple of characters who are iconic characters who were not in the first movie. They have to, there has to be expanded cool characters that exist only in the sequel that did not exist in the first movie. Uh, and I often, if I were to even in my own personal sense of like coming at it from a writing side of things, that to me is almost the biggest thing where if I watch a movie and it's a sequel and there are no new characters or that I give a shit about it often will not be a real win. Yeah. For Everything me. on my list basically has that Absolutely. we just said. Absolutely. I mean, even if we keep bringing back, like, say, The Empire Strikes Back, like, you have, like, Lando. Lando. Lando Boba Fett. B- yeah. I mean, The Emperor, you know. The big worm on the asteroid. <laughs> Yoda, for fuck's sakes. Luke with his shirt off. Leia with a better hairstyle. You know, these are different. That's characters. debatable. I don't I like the. I like the top braid. I like the. I don't know why. Girls in a snowsuit. It's weird. It's Hotter than wearing like a weird druid dress. I don't know. Something. That's true. I forgot about the snowsuit. Never yeah. mind. I, <laughs> I retract my earlier statement. Snow troopers. We definitely lived here for way too long. Walking by the way. dog tanks. Yoda. I don't know. Have you ever heard of this character, Yoda? I just said his name. Did you say Yoda? Yeah, I did. Jesus Christ. It's okay. But I, you know, I mean, Brian's going to edit it. So, absolutely. So that I sound smarter and more handsome. This is how I talk now. Do I sound um, fat? Yeah. <laughs> no. You sound very chiseled Um, i'm working out right now (laughs) he's doing curls um that's a very good litmus test let's go into some of our least favorite sequels do you want to do that first i could definitely do that yeah i think that's easy i don't want to spend too much time on this because i feel like this is kind of obvious and also yeah i'm just already angry i wasn't expecting it so to get so angry at sequels it just happened already i mean i will say there's something viscerally shitty about sequels that suck it's like if you go into a movie you've never seen before and it sucks, you're like, whatever, they tried, you know, and I didn't like it. But a sequel automatically has anticipation built into it. And because it's a sequel, it probably was a movie that you liked. Yeah. So then for the sequel to fail, it is extremely disappointing and a huge bummer. So it's kind of a double whammy of suck. Whereas if they would have made the second Jurassic Park movie first, we would never even, they might have never made another dinosaur movie again. They may have just like decided that dinosaur movies were a fail. Yeah. We need to get rid of Vince Vaughn, you know, just like all together, just they would have. But then there'd be one less Republican actor. (laughs) I don't, F is for family is a good show. I don't care. But The Lost World is 
pure garbage. I think of like sequels that failed that like went from one of the best Hollywood movies of all time in the original Jurassic Park to then go, which is still directed by Steven Spielberg, which blows my fucking mind to <laughs> this moment. It's, Steven, uh, do you want to direct this uh, novel script? Uh, what, what do I look like? And then they literally just brought in a fire hose that sprayed cash all over him. And he just was like, <laughs> and he didn't know. And he just woke up like three years later and it like was, uh, uh, what and it was coming out and he was like what 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 and they're like yeah yeah you did this you did this to yourself if everyone's dead on the ship who locked the goddamn t-rex below deck the t-rex oh the raptors <laughs> that was the only thing that makes sense that is the only thing that makes sense and I mean, that's dumber i mean based on the stupid ass chris pratt movies the so the raptors we, are like smarter than people i don't understand they know how to use like fucking dos they like know how to use fucking raptors have like iPhones that they can reprogram on fucking. They like, unlock their phones. Yeah. Fuck. And then use it to hack. <laughs> the raptors are like running around fucking, you know, they're taking like the ACT test fucking yeah. before. No, they're, they're going to restaurants and ordering off menu. <laughs> they're not just smart. They're assholes. In they're those assholes. Movies. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. They have little ass I'll take, the, uh, I'll take the beef tartare. We mm. don't serve that during lunch. I will eat you right now. That is which you do not serve during lunch. Okay, I'm a grammar raptor. Um, <laughs> get the fuck out of here, you dirty lizard. I'm technically a bird. But, okay, so Lost World is up there. I'm just going to say it real fast. Mm. Wayne's Roll 2. Ooh. Now, see, I would say, I wouldn't put it on my least favorite. I hate that movie. Okay, however, it is not that good. It is no, not that not. good. It is, you're right, disappointing. But there are two saving graces of it. One they fully embrace their with nail and I roots and they bring that guy who you're putting me on the spot and I'm forgetting his name. But the guy, if I spent, yeah, you think a brain tamer was a birthday present and there's a little sweet shop on the edge of town. Glenn Beck pops his head in and we had to beat them to death with their own shoes. That monologue that that guy gives about having to fight a candy shop owner and murder a Bengal tiger so that he can get M&Ms for Ozzy Osbourne and then they all clap at the end, just that sequence alone makes it better than... Ralph Brown. Ralph Brown, yes. And if you haven't seen Withnail and I, see Withnail and I, because kind of Wayne's World is sort of an homage to Withnail and I, a la Pee-wee's Big Adventure being an homage to The Bicycle Thief, uh, Cinema Verte Italian film, which you should go out and see film school wise. Let me ask you this. Hmm. Does one good monologue and an homage to another movie make it a good sequel to Wayne's world? No, no, okay. no, no. It's, it's a fail in many levels. Also the scene in which Chris Farley is pelted with, with I tennis like balls. That. I'm not gonna lie. And, I have nowhere no. else to go. <laughs> and then cries, but you're right. It's involvement with Aerosmith has God. many failures behind it. Like, also, Wayne's World is one of my favorite movies. It's a strict comparison. Yes. Wayne's World, how many times did you watch that movie? Like, um, at least 100? Like, yes. not even being... Yes. No, no, like, not a joke. Like, yeah, not possibly, a joke. Possibly around that, yeah. Possibly in the 100. It's yeah. amazing. Like, it'll be the center point of our comedy episode when yeah. we get to it. But, like, Definitely Wayne's World 2 is just, like... But it's also the in, definition of a cash grab. I feel like, okay, there's also this weird moment in the 90s where still the studios have a little bit of power, are still a little bit run by artists who are high on cocaine. 
Um, the corporations are sort of coming in. It's sort of this perfect storm. There's weird movies that make a bunch of money out of nowhere. They kind of anticipated that Jurassic Park might make a bunch of money. There was a bunch of bidding wars about the script. Um, Tim Burton wanted to direct it. Joe Dante wanted to direct it. Eventually Spielberg and Universal went out and they bought Jurassic Park. No one thought that Wayne's World was going to be a mega smash $300 million global hit that it was. So when that happened in the 90s, then you had these things where immediately the studio was like, now you make another one. You make another one now. And the, and the uh, uh, what? And, the, you know, so all these jokes that I'm sure Myers and uh, Carvey and Spheris and the writing team had been coming up with probably for a while of like how to make a Wayne's World movie. That's why it worked. And then all of a sudden they're like, do we have any other jokes or bits like to make another movie? Like, uh. you have like six months to write the script. You have six months to write the script that will follow this up. And if you don't follow it up, you are fucked. And... I'm not just saying this just for Wayne's World. I think that's also kind of a fundamental problem with a lot of sequels. Oh, yeah. Without is doubt. that, like, you have a movie that had all this love and care put into it. Sometimes the original Back to the Future, right? Yeah. We'll get into that. I love the original Back to the Future. The original Back to the Future took seven years to write. Different um, drafts, different studios wanted it, and eventually it went the other way than a lot of movies where instead of it getting butchered, it actually became honed into this, like, kind of perfect movie yeah. which has a lot of great stuff in it and you had Zemeckis right at the exact moment where he was becoming truly Zemeckis and then and they asked him to write two movies <laughs> and they were like now make two more in back, back to back, back years yeah. now immediately do it don't fuck it up and he was like ah, 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 ah. And they basically just made the same movie yeah. over and over That's again. That's like the same thing. Eraserhead took five years. Yes. Eraserhead 2, he shot in five weeks. <laughs> it was horrible. Right. Exactly. Just like Pumpkinhead 2, where they were like, oh. I don't want to talk about Pumpkinhead 2. <laughs> for the love of crud. <laughs> just like. I'm Lance Henderson, and I'm Beetlejuice a director now. Beetlejuice 2, fucking Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian, in which Tim Burton was already fucking getting into PCP or whatever the fuck's wrong with him. I don't, I don't know what the hell happened. Ten Commandments 2, for a few tablets more. <laughs> Ben Hur too more homoerotic, but yeah. So it's interesting though because that was right at this moment of the '90s. The '90s is this sort of beginning of mass mainstream with cable and with so many magazines and ways that you could advertise. So movies like that in the '90s were becoming mass marketed, and the sequel begins in the '80s, right? That's really where the sequel begins. I mean, I know they had. You know, things in the 70s, they were toying with it, particularly of grindhouse stuff like Planet of the Apes. But those were just sort of trying to make some money. And then, as we will probably have to talk about in everything of modern Hollywood, this bearded dude from California makes this movie called Star Wars and proceeds to create the entire idea, not just of truly making sequels, but making a franchise, right? The word, the whole damn thing. You make not just a movie, but then you make many movies that can be lunchboxes and dildos and T-shirts and top hats and whatever the fuck you want. Like, and it's the full damn thing. And so as you get into the 80s and mass media begins, into the 90s with a little bit of internet and mass media, then you really have these movies that have to be franchised and you have full tilt mania. I don't know. I just need to put that into context a little bit because I feel like a movie like Wayne's World 2 absolutely is not that good, 
but like there was nothing they could do. I mean, I guess you, I mean, I'm trying, I'm literally trying in my head to think of one that did succeed in the, now you make another one immediately. And I, I can't think of one of probably on our list. Maybe nothing on my list came out like the next year. Yeah. Nothing came out immediately afterwards. No. I feel like Ghostbusters was fell into that a little bit. Uh, there was like five years between that, though. The, yeah, but it still was like, now turn around and make another one. You have to. Adam's Family Values came out mm. two years after Adam's Family. See, but the Adam's Family original one was a moderate success. And it was kind of like, we like this cast. Now, if we actually invest money into a writing staff, maybe this will be better. And yeah, Adam's Family Values is amazing. Yeah. The part where Wednesday, spoiler alert, burns down the summer <laughs> camp as she's dressed like a Native American. Uh, solid. That gif is part of my Thanksgiving tradition now Oh, for the rest of my life. Absolutely. Also, uh, Cusack, right? She's amazing. Yes. That's the character that you add, mm-hmm. and it makes the whole fucking thing better. Because Joan Cusack, if she wasn't in that movie, it was a different actress, it's a huge failure. Also, normally when you add a family member to a well-established family, it doesn't work. But Pubert, the small brother who, if you've never seen this movie, there is a scene in which Wednesday and Pugsley dress him up like like Louis the Fifteenth, the French king, and then bring him out to be guillotined. And listen to your crimes. And he's like a baby. And they put him in a guillotine. Yellow mustache. (laughs) And then he grabs the blade. (laughs) It's it's bizarrely funny. Also, Adam's family, the first movie, 25 million, made 191 at the box office. Okay, so that's a little more than a moderate success. That's (laughs) R.I.P. Rao Julia. That's oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Too bad he never got to stick around for that Street Fighter sequel. Oh, yeah. That would have been so (laughs) good. That would have been so good. Well, that goes into my one of my least favorite, which is um, a little film called Mortal Kombat Annihilation, which bum, is bum, 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 bum. Mortal Kombat. But I just have to say, Mortal Kombat Annihilation is a travesty upon the human race. It is an abomination. Did you like Mortal Kombat? It's pretty good. It's actually of the video game movies. It's kind of one of the more watchable ones. It has that insane song that in the 80s was like or the 80s in the 90s was like god damn this is cool which i forget who the dutch I lost brother my virginia that song i, I believe that i absolutely believe, choose your please edit that out. choose your might hell no <laughs> <laughs> it has christopher lambert slash lambert i don't know how to pronounce that correctly but i've always liked him since highlander yeah. highlander the two 10th male garbage lead in um southland tales yes Yes, uh, it has that guy who play the guy who plays Liu Kang is the guy who played Bruce Lee in Dragon, which I've always liked that guy and I can't think of his name right now. I'm just going to call him Liu Kang. Welcome to the film school, everybody. And it so has, I know we're not real professors, so right. send all your hate mail. To <laughs> That's why it's called else. Blockbuster Film School, yeah. dipshit. Um, it has Brigitte Nielsen, who is Pete Sampras's wife, who plays Sonya Blade, who I always liked and wish she would have made more movies, but she just kind of not Brigitte Nielsen. No, uh, that was Bridget Wilson. Bridget Wilson. God damn but the original Mortal Kombat is fine. I kind of enjoyed it. Video game movies is a whole different thing we'll get into. But up to that point, any movie that was made about a video game was either completely insane and destroyed Bob Hoskins, like the Super Mario Brothers movie, or was abject trash, like the Raul Julia, Jean-Claude Van Damme classic, Street Fighter. Uh, I'm going to kick Bison's ass so hard. You won't even know what is happening. And he's from America. So Mortal Kombat was actually kind of a fun movie. Annihilation, though, 
is a travesty upon the human race. It's the worst piece of art ever made by human beings. I am going to put that out there. It is not just the worst sequel. The fact that it came out into movie theaters and people had to pay to watch it is a nightmare. It is the downfall of human civilization, okay? I'm not even going into the fucking all the doofy-ass fucking... What was that guy's name? Paul R.C. Anderson or whatever the guy who makes the fucking... Resident Evil Resident movies. movies. Those are just trash. Annihilation is unwatchable garbage. It's literally like if you walked into a movie theater and the movie started and the screen came up and it was just a guy and he walked out and he was like, you already paid your money, you stupid piece of shit. And then the movie just ended. And that was the end. And you're like, what? So that's more about Annihilation. I'm going to throw out one more and then mm. I, th- I think we should move on. But uh, <laughs> No. Ninja Turtles 2 Secret of the Ooze. Mm. In which one of the great plagiarizers of all time fucking steals another song as his second hit. Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> uh, go Ninja, Go Ninja Go, a.k.a. the song they used to play at the New York Knicks game. Go New York, Go New York, Go. And then he just he was like, yeah, 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 that's great. I'm going to make it ice. And there was no Suge Knight to hold him outside of a window oh. on this one. Also, if ever we needed Shug Knight. Also, I kind of like Steve Barron, and I like same thing. I like the original Ninja Turtles movie. Maybe it's a soft spot for my childhood, but it was kind of a cool movie. It was sort of the costumes were cool, the fight sequences were actually pretty fun and interesting. And then, then they weren't allowed to use their weapons exactly. in the second one. The bitchy moms of America, who would eventually become Trump supporting assholes, were like, "Kids can't have Ninja Turtles actually fighting each other. They'll turn into gays or whatever the hell was the fucking argument." And then. Just covering all your bases on that one, huh? Oh, come on. Uh, say that I'm wrong. Say You know what I'm talking about. The same moms in the 90s who are like, if they play Mortal Kombat, they'll turn into Satan worshipers. You know, I mean, like, they're literally, if you weren't around in the 90s, this is the level of discourse. And a lot of times it was your elected officials who are saying, do yourself a favor on YouTube, Joe Lieberman talking about Mortal Kombat and how it's terrifying to him. A video game that now is like the tamest fucking thing you've ever seen. It's tamer than any Marvel movie. And apparently Joe Lieberman just couldn't sleep at night because Liu Kang had blood pop out of him. You know I mean? Just give me a fucking break. But Ninja Turtles 2, Secret of the Ooze. First of all, they never solve any goddamn Secret of the Ooze. There's never a fucking secret in that whole no. fucking movie. It's a straight it's up just lie. There. Yeah. It's just bullshit. Two. Subtitle means nothing. They created the genre of suck fighting, right? Of not actually fighting. And just all these goddamn stupid kid shows. They use pepperoni. No, but you know what I'm talking about? Where like the Power Rangers don't actually fight anybody. They just go. <laughs> and move around. Do you know what I'm saying? And they keep cutting. Yeah. And well, they also didn't have money for you know fight choreography. Well, they have at least an excuse. But there was also that because of the first Ninja Turtles movie, it was so dope. All the kids liked it. They came out of the movie theater. I was ninja kicking the shit out of my brother. He was ninja kicking the shit out of me. It was awesome. We had actually cool parents where my dad was just like, "Stop ninja kicking each other, you animals!" And then we stopped. But apparently, other people couldn't understand this. I don't know. And we had to not have ever a cool Ninja Turtles movie ever again. No. Also, Ninja Turtles 2 was so bad that it made pizza look lame. Yeah, all that beginning? Yeah, Ugh. and that's something that even Little Caesars can't do. Oh, that Don't you bash on Little Caesars. Listen, if you only got six bucks, an extra most best, this is going to save your goddamn life. I know it is. Yes. But also, 
the last time I had Little Caesars, I yeah. ate the whole thing. Yeah. I felt so bad, I went vegan for three months. Okay? <laughs> okay, I get that. That's all on me, not I Little know. Caesars. But right. if I decided to do that after watching uh, Secret of the Ooze, I would still be vegan and gluten-free. This episode brought to you by Little Caesars. Extra most bestest, $6.66. Mark of the Beast. It's practically food. (laughs) I like you, Little Caesars. Don't listen to Nick. There's normally one next to a Blockbuster video. Um, So, Ghostbusters 2 also maybe the most disappointing, but not necessarily the worst sequel. It's very watchable, but it's not like... It has cool effects. It doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't really do anything. It's just like, oh, look. Hey. We're here again. The Scaleri brothers. Sorry, the Scaleri yeah. brothers were dope. I think it's like all I really remember. The only thing I really remember from um, <laughs> Ghostbusters 2 was the little dude walking through while people were doing it. <laughs> just walks up to the one person fixing it. Everything you're doing is wrong. <laughs> that guy. Okay. Milos. Oh, everyone's going to hate us. But yes, that guy steals the show. Yeah. I do like that Dana Barrett. She was like a violinist in the symphony orchestra and the second one is like she does another fancy job she like works in a museum yeah. or some shit i don't know fancy people do fancy jobs Sigourney weaver classy as fuck who cares i don't know she works in like a fucking museum or whatever she's painting out yeah ghostbusters 2 though still kind of scary i don't know i have actually watched that movie a couple of times since and do not hate it i'll put it that way so it kind of falls into a weird category of blah 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 it has the same amount of flaws as the new Ghostbusters. No, it doesn't. Okay, the new it Ghostbusters. It really doesn't. I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I was trying to be cool. Well, um, let's, just, let's just avoid that subject altogether. But reboots is also a different thing. Yeah. Reboots is not a sequel. Reboots, prequels. Reboots, whole, prequels. Totally different thing. Totally different activity. Let's get into our favorites, though. Yes. Let's yeah. get into Yeah. Let's get this part started. Yeah. Spy Kids 2. With us. Spy Kids 3D. Yeah. And yeah. Fuck yeah. Frankie Munoz. Desperado. Where you get to see Salma Hayek's boobs. I'd rather just watch Frida. Yeah, that's true. It's a much better movie. Yeah. What about Dust Till Dawn 2? George Clooney didn't want to be in it. Nobody's in any of the Dust Till Dawn sequels except for Danny Trejo. <laughs> Danny, Danny's God work. bless Danny Trejo. Danny Trejo is a great character actor. Danny, if you want to come on the show, you are allowed to come on the show anytime. Come you promote like. your donuts and your tacos. You can do whatever you want, man. You can talk about whatever the shit you want. You're awesome. So, what's your favorite, Nick? What's uh, what's your favorite? Sequel? My favorites? Ooh. I don't think I have a I'll put favorite. You on, put you on the spot, motherfucker. Favorites is probably super obvious. Ah, Terminator Two. Fuck yeah, Terminator Two. Bump 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 bump. It is. Beyond anything. Yeah. It expands so much on the certain like Absolutely. you start off with them in the future. Yeah. You get a better idea of the war that's going on between the humans and the machines. Sarah Connor has evolved. You Her meet kid John Connor. You meet John Connor. Yeah. And Butnik from Salute Your Shorts, who's, <laughs> who's less of a wiener right. than he is in the show, but sort of more like, like anyways. And America and has a weird adolescent fling with Eddie Furlong. Like. Oh, they're totally banging, and I'm so cool with that. They're the yeah. same age. Yeah. Um, you meet the new villain, who is T-1000, mm-hmm. and then literally written into it in a deleted scene. The only deleted scene I think they should have kept in was that they actually flip Arnold's processor so that he starts learning and acting more human, which is yeah. why he, throughout the rest of the movie, he stops acting like a goddamn machine. Yeah. They literally wrote in a part where the character starts progressing, Yeah, and he does through the whole movie. 
And he's like, how do you become the governor of the state? Yeah, yes. like, no, no. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> and then Sarah Connor, her character progresses so much. Not only is she... In the first one, she's literally just there to, like, sort of fight. She crawls away from the Terminator. In this, she goes fucking face first into this, guns blazing. And then she also learns to, like, love a robot. Yeah. The same the robot same, who tried to kill her. And love her own kid. Which I know. Which is also, like, first of all, let's say James Cameron, okay, who will also be involved. Who? He is a director. You may have heard of him. He directed Piranha 2. Oh, that guy. Uh, yes. I heard he loves improv on set. <laughs> he definitely, Go off page, guys. He definitely doesn't love in-camera shot lighting, okay? There's definitely not a light in every single camera as, frame. As much as I love being sarcastic. Yeah. I fucking love that shit. I love that I shit. Love Dude, it. James so Cameron good. is absolutely one of my favorite artists. I will say it is a little bit weird because... His only movie not made with Galen Hurd as the producer is Avatar, and it is my least favorite of all. I've never the seen camp. it. It's mediocre. Please don't come after us, James Cameron. But unless you want to fist fight us on the podcast, I, or I, nobody I, will you can see fight it. But. You can fight Dick. I actually think you look pretty spry. You look. Pretty, you look I'll like, just bite that motherfucker. <laughs> I don't care. You, you just knock down his really expensive camera has, and he's like. Ah! <laughs> I've already died once. I'm not afraid yeah, to do it again. That is fair. That is fair. But. James Cameron is one of my favorite directors. He made two sequels. Two great fucking Two sequels. great sequels that also came from great source movies, though, yeah. where there are legitimate arguments that could be made. Are they better than the originals? Obviously, Terminator 2 has the one advantage we were talking about, which is it has better production value. It has more money behind it. Yeah. It has new characters, expanded world, all this kind of stuff. However, the original has its own element where... It's, it's a horror movie. It is a horror movie. It's a horror movie disguised right. as a sci-fi movie. Michael Ben crushes it. He does. And it has one of the more awkward sex scenes ever made. But he's obsessed with hands. It, yes, which also kind of makes it sort of classy, but it's still weird. It's super weird. It's super weird. But it's also like the era. I'm sure there were some producers like, you got to put this wrong shit in. Yeah. We got to see that boobs. Okay. All right. This is a goddamn horrible movie. It's with, I thought it was produced have. in L.A., not Chicago. Uh, yeah. Listen, pal. Fucking. You got to have that boops in there, all right? This is how producers talk. That was Joel Silver. I don't know why he was there, but he was there. Anyways. Also, you're going to have to spray some water all over the ground because it's the nighttime scene and the lights are going to pop. It's going to be real fucking nice. We'll get into Joel Silver, too, because I think he also made a pretty good sequel as well. But Terminator 2 is amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's, I want to say it's a perfect movie. It's very close. The CGI still stands up. It does. The It doesn't look like it was made from 1991. No, they actually jump a fucking semi-tractor trailer off a fucking bridge. Yeah. It looks amazing. They blow up a fucking building. They have a fucking actual like minigun firing out of a helicopter into a building that actually happened. There's some- Or reverse that, actually. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, he's shooting- Sorry. Yes. Yeah. He's shooting the minigun at a helicopter. Yeah. The- there's some amazing stuff yeah. in that movie, but you do have the element, the, the original Terminator is the original piece. The original concept, it blew everyone's fucking mind. It created Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know, Schwarzenegger had been around as sort of a celebrity with Pumping Iron and with Conan. The phrase, I'll be back, got yeah. him fucking elected as governor. I, I mean, but also, the, like, he's Arnold Schwarzenegger, and this is the height of him not being a punchline in any facet. He is the Terminator. And Terminator 2... Which also, this movie's so good, it's called The Terminator. The Terminator doesn't actually kill a single person. No, that's true. He can't in this one. Yeah. But also, it does have one of the cheesiest non-diegetic movie music cues oh, of man. all time. Era, it's not but a perfect it's movie. But it's so good. The movie itself is so good that it almost works, okay? 
Almost. Almost. All right. The only when Schwarzenegger puts on the like proverbial Terminator outfit and they play George Thurgood, just like Brie Bad, Larson, Bad to the Bone. It, it's a little different. They're playing like come as you are, but yeah, the element with Terminator Two is. I mean, it's quintessential. And then going into Aliens, but see, I would say that there is a more distinct difference. The bigger element is that Cameron made Terminator and the Terminator and Terminator 2. He made yeah. both Judgment Day, excuse me. He also made Terminator 3 back in the habit, where Terminator has to dress up as a nun, and he is Whoopi Goldberg, if I'm remembering that correctly. Terminator back in the habit got me back in church. That is it's true. He sings. Turns out Schwarzenegger has a lovely voice. He is Hall from Hall & Oates. But the, the difference with Aliens is that Ridley Scott makes the original Alien. Star Wars comes out in 77. Alien comes out in 79. This whole thing restarts sci-fi and movie franchises almost double single-handedly, but in two completely different directions. You have Lucas, who is the classic old-world Hollywood guy, making a sci-fi action western that is all of the Flash Gordon and heroes and the classic myths. And on the other side... You have Ridley Scott, who has come from advertising, comes from classical directing, is a super cool British guy, and he takes H.R. Geiger, and they decide to make maybe still one of the scariest fucking movies ever made. They decided to scare the fuck out of our parents so badly that everyone was like, Jesus fucking Christ. Like, they couldn't even process. I think that's the main difference. It's also why Aliens work so well, is because the first movie is so goddamn fucking scary. And well executed. And then Cameron was like, now what if... There's a shitload of them. And what if we come back to kick their ass? It's got that Americana 80s sort of element. He's like, now, instead of us being afraid of it, we come back with machine guns. But because he's Cameron, he's a genius, he's like, but they're still going to lose. Oh, yeah. And then it turns into an even scarier horror movie. You don't even... Game over, man. Game Game over, over, man. Oh, my God. Literally, Bill Paxton... And Michael Bean and Sigourney Weaver, literally all just like and, and fucking uh, goddamn Lance Hendrickson. Uh, well, Lance Hendrickson, but um, Paul Reiser, Paul Reiser, Paul fucking Reiser, all tried to upstage each other with their super amazing character performance. And also the um, the stepmom from mm. Terminator Two is yes. in a slight brown face in this movie as she is a Jewish woman <laughs> portraying a Latina. Vasquez. It is the future, though. Okay, like the idea that there could be a. Latino Jew in the future. I don't know. I'm all for it, but she like, never fucking mentions it. Yeah, but I don't know. No, no, no. I, hey, hey, I'm just right. saying. It's not like she's that crazy. Face. She's not like, where are the tacos at? Like, this never like, it's like her name is Vasquez. No, but there is a line in there where uh, right. R.I.P. Bill Paxson. Yeah. Uh, Bill- <laughs> yeah, but he's a dick. It is a great line, though. He goes, she heard it was aliens and thought it was illegal aliens just <laughs> signed up. It's literally a line. <laughs> but then she says, like, I don't remember exactly, but I do remember. Hey, Vasquez, you ever mistaken for a man? No. no. Have you? Have you? That is too bad. I don't know what that means, Drake. Uh, also, I still, to this day, if I'm at some sort of meeting, I sometimes will raise my hand and they'll say yes. And I'll go, uh, yeah, I have a question. How do I get out of this chicken shit outfit? Uh, because it's amazing. And Bill Paxton is amazing. Also, because you build up the characters in the beginning as being tough and this being a 
Rambo, we're going to now kill all the aliens. And then they all fucking go down and it all is somehow even more frightening in a way. It takes all the 80s tropes and flips them on their head. All the Marines are panicking. They're all Mm -hmm. freaking the fuck out. The Mm -hmm. only ones who aren't are... Ripley, who was asleep for 57 years and wakes up, and the last job she had was being a space trucker. Right. And then the little kid who literally has been surviving off of garbage in the air ducts. That is true, which is how children should be yes. treated. Okay. Which is also true. But I agree. It, it works on insane levels. It expands the universe. I, it expands the universe. It definitely adds iconic characters. Oh, yes. It adds an insane amount of iconic characters. The original Alien, though, is so well-crafted. It is so well-made, even more so than the original Terminator makes a genre out of itself that no one had ever come up with. The horror sci-fi genre that's actually scary, that's not kind of cheesy, like the day the Earth stood still or, you know, Mars attacks kind of 50s sci-fi. Like, it's truly frightening. And also you watch that movie, watch a, if you've never seen alien or aliens or Terminator or Terminator two and empire strikes back, you shouldn't be listening to this podcast. You should be watching those movies like back to back to back, but don't turn it off yet. And also you download the next one. Yeah. If you're going to see any of the movies we're going to talk about, this is kind of the four that you need to see. They're some of the most important pieces of cinema, but they also define what the idea of sequels are. Probably if these sequels don't work, we don't get more sequels. We probably don't make more. I know Terminator 2 is a much longer gap, whereas Alien comes out in 79, Aliens comes out in 85, 86, right? So, but still, in terms of things, that's, that's probably one of the faster turnarounds for, for Cameron. But, I mean, Alien is awesome. I, that's one of the ones where I have to say I don't know. I love both of those films. And if you had to be like, you only get to watch one, you don't ever get to watch the other one? Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, Super Producer Brian says Alien. I'm picking Aliens for Bill Paxson. Yeah, I'm leaning toward... Although... I literally lean towards Aliens because of the ensemble cast, but I still love, like, Tom Skerritt and... Harry Dean Stanton. Harry Dean Stanton and Yafet Kodo and Ian Holm. And, I mean, just... God damn, is that good? Like, that also ensemble, you know? And also has all these things that no one ever expected... I love that Ridley Scott truly the one who was like, no, the android did it. It's the fucking corporation. Like, that wasn't in the script. This is the only way the movie works. That's such a fuck you to, like, the oncoming society. It's such a great piece of futurism. I I mean, it's... All right. So, real fast. Yeah. Aliens Mm -hmm. or... Alien Covenant. Oh, Jean Genet. I've just made Amelie. No, <laughs> I not made that yet. Uh, no, that's, that's a different alien movie. What are you talking about? Alien Resurrection Oh, a- alien is the French is Jean, one. Jean Genet. Yes, you got it. Alien Covenant is, uh, yeah. Well, I Let's love- just not even talk about it. Okay, but I will say I like Prometheus a lot. So do I. I think Prometheus is a sequel. But it's weird, right? Yeah. It's technically a prequel. It's a, it is a prequel. Okay, so, so we can't talk about it. Also, Alien Covenant's a prequel, so we'll we get just into broke pre- our we'll own rules. Yes. We'll get into prequels. Those are we not, are, they we're don't losing, count. We're losing daylight here. They don't count. Okay, what's another favorite of yours? What's another favorite? Dawn of the Dead. Absolutely. Fucking love Dawn of the Dead. Okay, because technically the Zack Snyder one doesn't count. That's a reboot. But yes, the George Romero Dawn of the Dead yeah. is amazing. It's All uh, those characters are great. Yeah. Expands on the universe, because like the first one just took place in one house, mm-hmm. which also... Like two different genre films, mm. 
I mean, they're both horror movies, but they're both completely different. But then Dawn of the Dead literally just shows you the world panicking, zombies everywhere. Yes. And it also has things to say about race, consumerism. It says a lot of things. Whereas, like, the first one is, I feel like George Romero isn't a great political mm. figurehead. Where he, the first movie, he accidentally made a film about racism because he just cast the dude <laughs> because he's the best actor they knew. And then he gets shot in the end by yes. the white dudes hunting zombies. Yes. Where in this movie, he hits a lot of different things and does a lot of different stuff that all works. It's a great fucking sequel. And then like, there's seven different cuts of this movie and only two of them are bad. That's true. Like you were saying, like, he really hit a stride both with his filmmaking as George Romero expanding his ability as a yes. filmmaker and the satirical elements, the part where you see the zombies in the mall and they're just people in the mall. Yeah. Basically it's such a, now it's so cliched, but it literally inspires like Shaun of the dead. So much stuff. It inspires so much. The zombies in the mall, yeah. the zombies in the mall probably is like inspired a great deal of punk music. <laughs> the zombies in the mall inspired, you know, a ton of, television spinoffs. I mean, it's just the, the zombies in the mall is a sequence that the second you see it, if you've never seen Dawn of the Dead, you're like, Oh shit, yeah. there it is. That's, that is the beginning of grunge. Like in a way. Also, like, and Dawn of the Dead, I feel like this is in most of his movies, mm-hmm. but like he really punches it home in this. The bad guys are just the humans. Yes. The zombies don't know what they're doing. Yes. They're just hungry. Right. But it starts off in this TV studio yeah, the humans and everyone is freaking the fuck out. Right. They're literally just like, we need people to stay, watch a show. I don't care if we send them to right. rescue stations where people aren't. Right. They steal a cop fucking helicopter. Mm. They let the dudes who aren't the cops just kill everybody and get away. And then they go in the mall and they do all that shit. And then the end of it, the biker gang breaks in and those are the guys who fuck everything up for them. Yeah. They're what, looting. What's the uh, Hudson line? You don't see them fucking each other for a percentage. Exactly. <laughs> the Dawn of the Dead, the original Dawn of the Dead is... 78. 78. Same year as Halloween. Also, you know, you have all this stuff happening at the late 70s, the beginning of the late 70s. That's really when they're taking risks on cinema. You know, you have Robert yeah. Evans running Paramount, and you have all these different, you know, characters who are trying to save the old movie studios and taking risks with younger directors at the time. But I mean, shit. that is true, but also, uh, George Romero made all of these, like, he had the crazies, he had Martin, yeah. he had this, and then after Dawn of the Dead, he started making the studio movies with, like, Creep Show and then Day of the Dead. They made Dawn of the Dead for $2 million. True. True. All right. We got to burn through a couple more, too. Yeah. We got to do some underrated, just a couple. Yeah, yes. But for me, I do have to toss this out there. I love the Toy Story movies. I think Toy Story 2 and I 3 have that on my list. are. Yeah. Toy Story 3 is probably one of my favorite movies ever made. It's unstoppably fucking good. It's probably Pixar's best movie. It incorporates all of the Toy Story lore. It understands from all the sequels we've talked about things to do to make your sequel really work and make it so that if you could show someone Toy Story 3 and they'd never seen any of them, they would enjoy the shit out of it. Yep. However, if you've seen the other two, there's so much like things that are put in the claw that reference that is such a throwaway reference in the first movie becomes a huge reference in the third movie. Also, Pixar is good. I know John Lasseter is kind of a creep, but that whole Pixar thing is an entirely talented thing. It's amazing. Also, I have to, because I've messaged it before, Joe Silver and um, Lethal Weapon 2. Uh, Lethal Weapon 2 is, in my opinion, of truly the buddy cop movie, like, exploding and becoming this thing. It is 
fucking bananas. It's it still kind of stands up. Still good. It's Lethal Weapon 2. It's nonsense. Shemeshi. Yeah. Shane Black. Even if his movies aren't that good sometimes, they're still Shane Black movies, so they're decent. They're cleverly written and fun. Plus, we love Christmas movies. I love Christmas movies. Although the nice guys is not a Christmas, is it? The last scene takes place on yes, Christmas. Yes, it does. That's right. Yeah. That's right. He snuck it in just to go, hey, guys, <laughs> I got the good for you. Still Christmas yeah. movies, you fuckers. Okay. Any other on your any favorites list? That you favorites. A couple of the obvious ones before we get to the underrated. Yeah. Dark Knight, obviously. Obviously. Batman Returns. Yes. Blade Runner 2049. Well, Batman, I really Batman Returns. I mean, <laughs> that's because you love watching people getting their nose bitten. That's... So, so <laughs> every valid, every reason is valid. Yes, that's fair. And then this is a weird little mm. cross section because you mentioned Thor Ragnarok, which we both well, fucking yes, love. Can, Straight yes. fucking movie. Yeah. And Winter Soldier. But X-Men 2, Days of Future Past, and Logan yeah. all fucking blow away the rest of those movies Agreed. in the entire series. Agreed. Especially the sequel. We'll do an X-Men episode. We'll do a Marvel episode because like also Captain America, Winter Soldier, and Civil War. The original Captain America, not so hot, in my opinion, kind of mediocre, kind of trying to establish all this dumb shit. And by the time that they actually get Chris Evans to actually be Captain America and establish all this lore, and they really let the Russo brothers get wild, it's like they're better than the last three Bourne movies. So I agree. All right, what do you got for uh, underrated? Underrated, I'm going to list off just a couple before Sunset. Ooh. Before midnight, Ooh. like you take the link letter thing where the people are just talking, and you, I love before sunrise, but then you add in the reality of just like having your romanticism destroyed. Yeah, but also it's still there. Mm. It's just you're old, and this is what you can do. <laughs> I okay. In a way, also people would make an argument this for, but Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade is maybe the best Indiana Jones movie. It is, but if nothing else, though. This was really at a moment when, in 89, Spielberg was not as much trouble, but Lucas was in trouble. People had kind of been talking, obviously, Howard the Duck, Return of the Jedi. I enjoy it, but I understand how it kind of rubs some people the wrong way. Lucas was in trouble. Temple of Doom, although financially a success, also critically not so hot. And for them to kind of come back and make Last Crusade, which revitalized the whole thing, made it seem current, you brought Connery in. The whole thing was better than the other two ever possibly could be. I mean, Last Crusade is amazing. And it's only a real shame that they made Crystal Skull because you guys could have gone out on like the highest of fucking high yeah. notes with this Don't character. Don't bring that you, back. You Let literally, him. They literally go off into the sunset. Like, you know. They, you, you, you truly had this. You did it, you fuckers. You did it. Like, there's, there's no reason for this. They're making another one. Yeah, well, ugh. It's called With Grandpa Grumpy. It's called Harrison Ford crashes a small plane <laughs> and somehow survives. All right, what else you got? Obviously, one that I'm surprised you didn't bring up. Ooh. One of our boys, I think it's the only sequel Joe Dante ever made, Gremlins 2. Fuck yeah. The new batch. Also has maybe the most meta scene ever. I saw it in the theater as a kid, and I genuinely didn't know what the fuck was happening. You better play that movie. Your Hulkamanians <laughs> can come in there and show you what I'm about. I was like, what is happening? And then the Gremlins tear through the screen. Yeah. I, I, I've always loved Joe Dante. Same thing. The original Gremlins, insanely inventive. It has the inventive side. Gremlins 2 stands up. I think, same thing. 
At the time, it got a little panned because they felt it was a little preachy. Uh, now, his talking shit about corporate society and scumbag gentrification and all this kind of stuff is beyond prescient. Yeah. It, the movie feels totally real. And the idea of what the gremlins are as being not bad guys and not really a horror movie, now it's more of a flip and it's like of just the rabble, you know, Vox Populi. Like, yeah. if you fuck with everybody sooner or later, the gremlins become the heroes. They do. I sort of, yeah. It's perfect timing because also... That was the end of cool New York. I never got to see mm. the mm. New York. I only saw through like Scorsese movies yes. and like little fucking like eighties horror movies. Mm. Like Ninja Turtles, the original one has a great New York. Mm. Agreed. Um, another movie on my list, Maniac Two, has a great fucking New York. By the time Gremlins Two comes out, yeah, it's already pivoting. Oh yeah, so right yeah. there at the beginning of the nineties, yeah, for sure. Thank you for bringing up Gremlins. I I had a little moment there where my brain broke. Uh, Evil Dead Two. That's the next one. I've never heard of this. Uh, Tell me about Evil Dead Two though. Evil Dead Two is kind of a remake of the original Evil Dead, but they had money and they got wild and a little more money and is iconic. I mean, it's crazy how much Sam Raimi created in the horror genre that just wasn't around before that auto-tuning voices to scare the fuck out of people just putting contacts in people's eyes to scare the fuck out of people literally things that just simple things no one had ever thought of stop motion animation obviously the people had thought of stop motion animation before but the way they use it in that movie uh, also bruce campbell mugging it up but somehow being perfect truly like being this iconic last girl but it's bruce campbell you know and I mean, his name is ashley because it was supposed to be a girl. Yeah. It was supposed to be the last girl. And Raimi was just like, this is my guy. This is my guy who does all the crazy shit. He's fucking ash. He has to do it. Like, and the sequence in which he gets his arm eaten off and then he fucking puts a chainsaw on it. It goes from being frightening to insane to hilarious to badass all in a subsection then, of like five minutes. And then back to frightening when yes. you see him with it yeah. <laughs> because he is more deranged than the evil dead itself. I'm sorry. If someone starts a chainsaw that they have sucked onto their arm and then turns to the camera and says groovy, it yeah. is. I know in the 90s people were like, cool, but I kind of even I was like, this guy's a fucking psycho. Like, but that's what Raimi does when he's really on, when it really works. And that's why evil dead two works. That's why it, is so fucking insanely iconic because it's it was utilizing all of these genres. It falls in with Scream at kind of a similar era of being postmodern with understanding horror. Yeah. They understood all the horror tropes and now they were playing with them. They were being meta. They were postmodern. They were doing a lot of weird stuff with all the horror tropes. And that became a very different take on it. And it's interesting that horror for some reason is the primary genre where, where people are allowed to do that probably because like Hollywood allows more creativity with horror because they're like if this makes money I don't give a shit what you yeah. guys are whatever you fucking little weirdos are into with your fucking chainsaws and your boobs and your dead kids I don't give a fuck well that's a nice little segue into my next one <laughs> I have two that are yes. both very along that line um, first of all Nightmare on Elm Street 3 The Dream Warriors oh, that is when oh hells yeah that is when also, when Jason gets a mask in fucking Friday the 13th, part oh, yeah. three, that's, fucking. That's anyway, but yes, yeah. but, but in the series, that is when they go full avant-garde, like, they go everywhere with that. It, yeah. just, it becomes a different beast. Yeah. Because before that, he's just a slasher in, like, creepy places. In this, he becomes, like, a god before he becomes, like, a comedian. Yeah. Although this is the movie where he starts saying bitch way too much. Yes. But, you know, it's funny. Time for primetime, bitch. I was talking to a friend of mine. Uh, she was, we were talking about this, about how 
bitch as a terminology of sort of male supremacy and this kind of iconically evil thing to say if said with a certain cadence. And I think Wes Craven understood that. I don't think Wes Craven was like, yeah, just say that. Wes Craven was like, no, yeah, this is what, you know what I think it is? It's what Ted Bundy used to say. He'd be like, bitch, you better fucking get, like literally, like yeah. the survivors have said that this guy kept saying it like that and the serial killer thing and the whole, Craven was a super smart dude. RIP on Wes Craven. Yeah. You definitely lost one of the fucking, in my opinions, rogue voices in fucking Hollywood with Craven because that guy at every single time knew how to freak out the suburban squares, like on different levels, like each era, just like, hey, I'm Wes Craven. I've decided to understand what freaks out suburban people. Hi, what do you want? Do you want Last House on the Left? I'll give you that. What do you want? Fucking Nightmare on Elm Street, the first one. Do you want Nightmare on Elm Street 3, The Dream Warriors? Do you want Scream? Do you want Scream 2? You know what I mean? I'll just, I'll freak you fuckers out on every single goddamn level. And, and uh, this was the last one before New Nightmare that he wrote. Oh, God. So there was like six in between this yes. and that. Yeah. This one was directed by Chuck Russell, who went on to make The Mask, The Blob, like a fake and name. Eraser. Well, it is a fake name. I mean, all names are fake. <laughs> all names are made up, Thor Ragnar. I agree. I mean, horror is a weird one because there's so many sequels. So yeah. I feel like we'll have I to save. I feel like they're mostly sequels like at we'll this point. To, I feel like we'll have to save that. Like we'll do a Friday the 13th episode for like Halloween or something. You know what I'm saying? Or a Wes Craven episode. Or you know Halloween for Halloween. Halloween sequels, you know? It's like- I got one on my list. I mean, Halloween 3 is horrifying. I mean, it doesn't make any fucking sense. And no, and it's full of plot holes yes. and it does the lead make a, actor is a jackass. It does sort of create a weird world though, insinuating that maybe the reason Michael Myers was Michael Myers was because of the mask. Right, because you put the mask no, on. No, it's because they show Halloween in the movie. He's watching a trailer for Halloween in the bar. Yeah, but it's what? not the mask though, mm. because it's supposed to be a franchise. This is supposed to be disconnected from the series completely. But it was a huge but flop. Loosely connected, like the Marvel Universe kind of thing. But but also, it was sort of like loosely connected. If we're just saying, but it John is. Carpenter was like taking huge bong rips. Like it was just like, oh, by that point, he was just a alcoholic cokehead. <laughs> He was so real. John, we love you. For one, Kurt Russell show, John, we love you. We We saw you, and we saw you in concert. Yes, please. He was the nerdiest, greatest shit ever. Please come on the show. Please want to come on the show. You're. We'll talk about the Lakers the whole time. I I know that's what you're into now. Hey, if John Carpenter made a movie about the Lakers, I would watch it. He was on another podcast that I don't remember the name to because it was that good, but um. All he wanted to talk about was video games and the Lakers. He's a huge basketball fan. I mean, this may surprise you guys, but I can talk about fucking basketball and fucking video games no, as I'm, long as you fucking want. I don't give a I shit. I remember your previous podcast. <laughs> Let's never bring that up. Yeah, I mean, we could keep going. I mean, there's so much. At some point, we're going to have to tail this thing down in terms of just great fucking sequels. It, uh, I mean, I keep going through. I mean. Some of those Mission Impossible ones are really fucking good. I got Fallout on my list. Fallout's fun. And even Ghost Protocol, I really liked. I like McQuarrie. I like his shit. I also don't think I really reiterated how much I love fucking The Road Warrior. The Road Warrior is like one of truly my favorite movies. It sort of made me love movies. It's one of the first R-rated movies I ever got my hands on. But it's like two days ago, I saw a vehicle to pull that tanker. You want to get out of here? You talk to me. It's almost like George Miller skips a movie. The original Mad Max is like, uh, he's trying to figure it out. He doesn't know. Then he makes a Road Warrior. It's transcendently good. He makes Thunder Road. He doesn't know what the hell's going on. Then he makes Fury Road, which also I would toss in there, is transcendently awesome. It's one of my, I would put that in my top 10 movies of all time. I, it's amazing. It's Fury. It literally makes me cry. So I, yes. earlier and earlier, every time I watch it, it's the only movie that's ever did that because I am so goddamn invested in the characters. 
I am just like freaking out by the time they're fucking killing um, Imperial, whatever. <laughs> yes. Theresa May, whatever yeah. fucking bad guy's name is. <laughs> oh, uh, is it, it's not the Lord Humongous. I was going to say it's uh, <laughs> Humunculus Joe. Imperium, Imperial. In, in Destructible Joe. I don't know. Mighty Joe Young. It's like a weird Australian version of those words. Uh, Superman 2, Neil before Zod. Pretty dope. Yeah, I don't know. I don't it's, really remember it. I okay. saw it once. You brought up Christmas Vacation. Love that movie. Uh, yes, yeah, kind of literally like, my family's favorite film. Right. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Underrated as fuck. Very underrated. Great Very movie. Under- Gary yes. Oldman is a shit in that. That's him coming out of his blacklist. Yes. I love Roman. I love those characters. I what? I wasn't on a plane the first time, and I think it's the first movie I ever saw on a plane where I was like, I just like lost myself in a plane movie, and it was like, fuck yeah! And people were like looking at me. I, it was cool. A lot of people like that second Sam Raimi Spider Man movie with Alfred Molina. Alfred Molina. It's not bad, but I mean, I I'm more of a Tom Holland guy, and I kind of like that Spider Man more. And um, I kind of hate Tobey Maguire. <laughs> I like Kristen Dunst. I know she's great. Yeah. Her little stroke face. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, I'm going to throw on there Harry Potter 3, the one directed by Alfonso Cuaron. Very solid. That's the only one I saw in theaters. It's also it's good. probably the only one I've ever seen all the way through. Yeah. But I saw that and I was high as shit. And when Those I re- last two are epic as fuck. Are they? They are epic as fuck. Should I actually see that? Yeah. The, okay. the, the final two, the big four hour long final is epic as fuck. Spoiler alert, like half the characters die, which I was also like, God damn, like this is a Harry Potter. Not movie. Hermione. No, not Hermione. I mean, I was, no, oh, no, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Harry dies though, but he dies. He chokes on a, a pretzel just midway through the movie. He just is. He just uh, George uh, Bush him like that. It's huh? very, it's very British. Oh no. Uh, uh, and uh, no one knows how to do the Heimlich. So they just watch him die. As far as action movies go, I'm mm. going to throw out John Wick chapter two. Oh, hell yeah. And that fucking, <laughs> That third born identity movie. The second one too. Second Supremacy, one too. Yeah. Supremacy fucking is dope. Yeah. Like I remember seeing the third one in theaters right. and there's that, there's that ten minute chase scene where he's on foot and he's like going from roof to roof and going yeah. through all the apartments. Yeah. And then the moment he fucking breaks through the window yeah. and nails that dude, everybody in the theater started cheering. And then when he finally like kills him with a magazine, one dude stood up and just screamed, <laughs> Yeah. I kind of thought and Matt then Damon was, started clapping. I kinda thought Matt Damon was sort of a Mary, but He's sort of kicking ass in this kicking movie. Ass in <laughs> um, get him to the Greek. <laughs> Toss him in. I don't know. It's, I don't know. It's got I, some funny parts. As a fat person, I'm very offended by Jonah Hill's weight it, in that movie. <laughs> which I, I love Jonah Hill. I'm not okay also, admitting that. Jonah, come on. Fucking Maniac is amazing. You're yeah. an amazing actor. He's Fuck great. It. Lions and Tigers and Bears. But you get into elements of The Godfather Part 2 and The Empire Strikes Back and things like this. Kill Bill Part 2. These sort of universally beloved movies. But yet are necessary. I mean, Empire Strikes Back is a sequel. It is a fucking sequel. This is a direct. Yeah. Part two of those other two. It's the second half of the novel in Godfather Part Two. It is the second half of a 700 page screenplay that Tarantino wrote. Right. Yeah. Empire Strikes Back is another movie they made. They let Kushner make it. I know we kind of started with that. I think we should probably end with Empire. Uh, Empire creates the true modern notion of sequels. It creates the entire idea of why a sequel might be worth a shit because there's this huge epic success. But even I'm sure Lucas would tell you that there were tons of flaws and he was like the the whole thing. Of course, he's going to hate it. I know. But even, you know, as I get older and I make movies and I watch a lot of them, I mean, there's a lot of flaws to the original Star Wars. It really it literally works because of the creativity of it. John Williams and the sheer 
charmingness of the actors in it. It works because you stumbled upon this sort of perfect ensemble that would have never worked in any other way. If you would have accidentally hired the wrong guy to be C-3PO, we may never fucking talk about, you know, if it's not Anthony Daniels' voice, does that movie work? If you don't hire Alec Guinness, you know, and you hire someone else, does that movie work? No, probably not. It probably doesn't work. And the second one, Empire Strikes Back, it was like with the full sheer power of late 70s, fully cocained, money power Hollywood. We're like, no, we're not going to let this fucking movie fuck up. We're not going to screw it up. And Lucas, Lucas is his best producing. You know, he hates that movie, but it's so fucking good. It's so iconic. It brings Jim Henson and all this other mayhem in. It's amazing. It's amazing. That's my end for me. That's the end of the fucking argument on any of the sequels. It is better than the original. I don't care what you say. You're out of your mind. I know the original is iconic, but you absolutely must see it. You absolutely must. If you've never watched The Empire Strikes Back, what's wrong with you? I mean, I know you're here for the Blockbuster Film School, but literally, what's wrong with you? What happened? I hadn't seen Empire Strikes Back in like, I don't know, 15, 18 years, something like that. Yeah. And I watched it with you after that Super Bowl where Katy Perry and the Sharks mm-hmm. were halftime. I don't remember who actually played the game, but I ate some mushrooms yeah. and we put on Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. And I damn near shat myself. It's amazing. It's amazing. As much as I love Terminator 2, as much as I love Aliens, I could watch any of those movies anytime. But I probably still to this day have such a weird emotional resonance with Empire because it's amazing. It's just amazingly made. It fits all these different Hollywood tropes and buttons. It has this amazing. And also it works because everyone goes off and does their own thing. Yes. They become their own characters characters fully. Yes. And then come back together at the end for this epic finale. Yes. Yes. In which... Which James Earl Jones right. and then which you tells find Luke Skywalker he's his, he's his second uncle. <laughs> and then it's just him and Carrie Fisher making out the whole time. Laugh it up, fuzzball. All right, well, that was our show. We're going to be back next week. Who knows what we'll be talking about. We'll have it up for you soon. Check out the Facebook page. Check out the SoundCloud. Check out iTunes. Please, five stars. Please subscribe. I love you guys. You're all fabulous. Anyone who listens to this, you're the greatest human beings who ever lived in the history of time. Nicholas, you got any shouts or anything you want to toss out there? I'm indifferent towards all of you. Fabulous. Thanks for showing up. Also, watch VHS too. Oh, yeah. I'm sure we'll talk about some more. We're just piercing, you know, the lightest crust layer of the earth that is movies on this kind of shit. We're figuring this out as we go. If you have some other sequels you want to talk about, hit us up on the Facebook page. We're willing to listen, and um, I'm not actually willing, but I'll, oh, okay, I'll, cool. I'll, yeah. I'll sort of we'll peri- listen all I'll day. peripherally look at it. But that's it. I'll see you guys next week. Drive fast, take chances, do drugs, do whatever the fuck you want. Blockbuster Film School.